Welcome to the LU Moment, where we showcase all the great things happening with Lamar University faculty, staff, students, and alumni. I'm John Rollins, Associate Director of Community Relations and Public Affairs here at LU, and I want to welcome you all to this week's show. It's another great week here with another amazing guest right here on the LU Moment podcast. I'm excited to welcome Dr. Annette Hernandez, civil engineering professor at LU, to the show today. Annette, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today on the LU Moment. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be talking about civil engineering and the College of Engineering here at Lamar. Awesome. Well, we are so glad to have you in the studio, as always. um, Amazing things happening with LU and engineering and beyond, so we're going to shed some light on that today and we're glad to have you. Annette is fairly new to LU, having been at the university for only about a year now. She holds a bachelor's in civil engineering, a master's in environmental engineering, and a PhD in environmental engineering, all from Texas A&M University, Kingsville. Before we get started today, let's back up just a little bit and let you introduce yourself to the listeners. Well, thank you, John. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit further than a little bit, and I'm going to tell you that um, my choice to be a civil engineer actually Actually, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And this, I'm sure many students, um, many high schoolers, even middle schoolers are in that same situation. Actually, my dad recognized that I was having a good time in math. I was in UIL number sense, things like this. Um, And I was also semi-good at science, physics, um, biology, things like that. And he suggested that I become an engineer. Now, it's interesting to note, actually, my mom was a math teacher. My father worked at the King Ranch gas plant, and the reason he came up with civil engineering in the end was because with the um, Exxon, he actually was part of building a plant in Uvalde, and he worked with a civil engineer, and he said, the smartest man I ever knew was that gentleman who had a degree from Texas A&M University Kingsville, or Texas A&I at that time. Right. Um, And so he met that man, and my future was secure as a civil engineer <laughs> from Texas A&I, um, eventually Texas A&M University, Kingsville. I did work in industry for a couple of years. Okay. Uh, I had to have that experience in order to get my professional engineering license, so I am a licensed professional engineer. Um, I started working in industry a few years, and that's when I realized I like to have a lot of control over projects. <laughs> And maybe as a bachelor's, I wasn't able to have that control. Right. Um, So I went back to school and got my master's in environmental engineering and my PhD. Now, it's interesting because my undergraduate focused on transportation and structures. I worked for TxDOT for just a summer. Okay. Um, That was very interesting. Yeah, Uh, Very fun. Yes, sir. It sure was. Um, And so when I went back to get my master's and PhD, I really found that I was more drawn to the environmental engineering side of things. Now, just to clarify, you have environmental science and you Mm -hmm. have environmental engineering. And in environmental engineering, we focus more on creating solutions for the population. So we want to take, we already know that we have a bad situation, but let's go ahead and and fix it as as well as we can so that there's no harm to human life or or property. Right. Um, Versus 
environmental science is looking more at characterizing those harmful substances and toxicants and things in the environment. So my degree focused more on let's work with the people um, and do more uh, designs that take into account what they want to do um, and what they're willing to accept as a solution. And so my PhD, um, again, a little bit different, is has a very strong component of interaction interacting with the community. So if I were to sum up what what ultimately my um, goal was with my PhD, it would be water resources management and planning, but very stakeholder driven. Right. Um, so that's that's my background. I as soon as I graduated with my um, PhD. I did take a year off. My mother had developed cancer, and so I took that time to uh, take care of her and and help her through that process. Um, and she's 100% cancer-free. Oh, wow. So, uh, That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so she started saying, amazing. hey, you know what? You need to start looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I started a year after that in academia. Okay. I've been in multiple roles from assistant to associate professor. I was an associate dean for about five years um, and then started looking at, I think my goals in life changed mm-hmm. and I wanted to have a bigger impact at the student level. And so that's what drove me to Lamar. And I've been loving wow. it this this year. I'm hoping to stay here another 20 or 30 until yeah. I retire. I love hearing that too, that that's what brought you here. That's, you know, it's all about the students. That's, yes. what, that's what the university exists for. So yes. that's amazing. So you shared a statistic with me before this interview and it was quite eye-opening. Uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics projects a need for 25,000 new civil engineers every year for the next 10 years. Sounds like Lamar's definitely doing our part to help bridge that gap. So for those who may not know, could you explain a little bit about the College of Engineering's role here on campus at LU? Okay, well, I do want to add to Mm -hmm. that statistics. Annually, the U.S. is graduating approximately 17,000 only. And this is not taking into account that we have the Infrastructure Bills and Jobs Act. Um, And so the American Society of Civil Engineers is actually projecting we need even more than that. And so we're falling very short in our production of civil um, engineers. Now, in terms of what Lamar, I mean, you know that Lamar was started to serve the community because of the Lucas Gushers. That's like 100 years ago. Right. Um, so, So we were founded because they needed more technical and engineering expertise in the area. Of course, that tradition continues today Uh, the only difference being that we're not just local anymore we're serving the broader global and national and international community so we strive here to produce engineers that are sound strong um, in both theory and application as a matter of fact we have great job placement rates we have all of our alumni coming back and saying our students are really um, they as soon as they graduate, they hit the ground running. Yeah. So they're very practical, um, and and they're immediately, I guess, employable. So yeah. a lot of times you have to train your graduates to start working in engineering, um, and the reason for that is because engineering is a, especially civil engineering, um, 
is more close to a professional degree like a doctor in that you have to train first. You graduate, you have to train for a few years as an engineer in training in EIT. So you take an exam and you become an EIT and you train for about four years. Then you take another exam and you become a licensed professional engineer. And so because of that, it is a little bit more difficult right. to for those students to graduate and immediately be, um, I don't want to use the word usable, but right. immediately but straight be. Straight into work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Straight into work. So our... Um, our students actually are bridging that disconnect. So they're wow. able to immediately go into the workplace and start working on projects with minimal training. And that is, of course, because collaborations in the community mm-hmm. and across campus and, and some of the great things that we've done to our curriculum. Yeah, I love that. And that speaks volumes to the education that they're receiving on campus. And so kudos to staff members like you and um, all the other faculty and staff in the uh, College of Engineering here on campus. So you mentioned in an email that the senior design groups do a lot of great things for the community. Would you like to share about some of those projects going on in the College of Engineering or more specifically with the civil and environmental engineering? Well, because I'm very excited about civil engineering projects, right. I, I can definitely speak uh, specifically to those. And again, I want to uh, remind you, I have been here you know, just a year and I've been right. infinitely impressed by that. So I've been through one full cycle and I'm starting another cycle of senior design project um some of the things that they've done i mean they are going out into the community and working with community leaders and stakeholders Uh, one project that jumps to mind is we had a group that worked with the tyler county um, airport municipal airport they wanted to extend their runway um, to make sure that they could have larger planes because they need a longer uh, stopping distance Um, and so we had one of our groups go out and actually design that now again you have to be a professional engineer to to submit true design projects this is where uh, we have that difficulty but we're able to bring in these community collaborations and so they got to talk to the stakeholders they got to apply their design standards they gave multiple alternatives and they costed it out for the client and I'm saying that um, the listeners won't see this but I air quoted the clients uh, because they were mentors really Um, and so they can now take that and they have at least some idea of what it might cost some quantities of earth movement uh, some quantities of building new roads things like that and so they actually have a starting point for when they do move forward with their expansion so that was really fun and exciting because it's very rare to be able to design an airport. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that our LU students had that say and that kind of that hand in making that happen is really unique. Yes. And this semester, I'm even more excited because, you know, you'll see this in older campuses and older communities. Back in the day, people thought it was a good idea to take some of the stormwater and drain it off into the sewer line and then mm-hmm. send it to a plant to be treated. Well, but rainwater is actually clean 
water. Like you can right. capture it, you can reuse that, or for the most part, it's clean water. Right. And so what you were doing is you were just actually adding more water to the sewage to be cleaned again. So now you have more water, which requires more chemicals, which requires more double, energy. Double the work. Yes. Right. So these are called combined sewer overflows. Okay. And so in Lamar, we know that on, on campus, we know that there are areas that are combined or CSOs, combined sewer overflows. And so one of our groups is actually trying to find and locate these so that Lamar can move forward in, I guess, separating the okay. sewage from the um, overland flow or the uh, water, the runoff. Oh, wow. So, and this will be, of course, their savings um, right. in direct mon- monetary savings, but it's also just the environmentally correct thing to do. So, as civil engineers, we have a duty to protect, you know, life, limb, and property and the environment that's that's in there and so that is that one to me is very exciting and the students are so excited to be working on that so these are some of the things that our students get to do and and like they are working with the city they have a city mentor um they have an industry mentor um one of the students was telling me yesterday that he looked around at different combined sewer overflow projects that are being done where they're separating them um and he has a call on wednesday with the city of Minneapolis that's doing this to a 15 by 15 mile area so these students I was so shocked I thought when I was a student I don't think I'd call my mom if I if I didn't have to but these students are impressive yes they are every week I I have a different guest on and when they're students I'm always impressed just hearing (laughs) the confidence and the the passion and the you know, the hard work ethic behind everything that they do. It's its really awesome. Yes, it is. Very awesome. Well, we've got a little bit more time. I guess, um, is there anything specific coming up with the College of Engineering that you would like to touch on? I know that you all host career fairs and you just had a record-breaking one in September, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anything you want to address in that regard or just any ways that students who may be listening could maybe get involved in the future? Well, so our career fair is specific to engineering students, Um, but we do have um, many different pathways to be in careers that are, I would call them engineering adjacent. Um, And so if there are students who are interested in engineering or getting jobs in engineering adjacent fields, again, I air quote that, um, there are ways to get minors in different departments, so we all have the minor ability. And and even if you're in English, getting a minor in engineering opens up a field in technical writing. And we all know right. engineers don't like to write, <laughs> so there's always a job for a technical writer. Definitely. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity for students who are not in engineering to to come into engineering and work in engineering adjacent fields. But for those students who might be listening to this who are interested in engineering and thinking, well, you know, maybe it's a little bit more difficult or, you know, maybe um, I won't make it to the end or I won't feel comfortable with the people that are there. I just want to say that at Lamar, actually, our small class sizes and the return on investment, like all of these things are just what helped make our students so successful. Yes. Back in the day, it mattered if you went to 
some big, you know, Ivy League college. Right. That's because nobody had access to all of the resources. But with the internet being what it is, the resources are available to everyone. So why spend $40,000 a year? Because at the end of four years, your degree is going to be bachelor's of science in some engineering. And here you spend 7,000 and your degree is going to be bachelor's of science in some engineering. So coming to Lamar is like, it's, a no-brainer. This is where students need to come. They'll get one-on-one attention. They'll have access to everything they have at larger campuses. Right. Um, and we definitely need to, to graduate more civil engineers, more engineers in general. Absolutely. And like you said earlier, 100% placement rate for folks who are in civil and environmental engineering, I think that speaks for itself. Yes, it does. And the top three places for them to work are California, Denver, and Houston. So we're right in the mecca there for civil go. and environmental right engineering. Right up the road. <laughs> if you're listening, this is this is the place to do it. So you all are doing critical work over in the College of Engineering here at LU. We are definitely cardinal proud. Annette, thank you so much for joining me today on the LU Moment. It's been a pleasure to have you. For the listeners out there, please make sure to search LU Moment on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with all things Lamar University. As always, don't forget to follow us on social media. The username is Lamar University, so you'll never miss an episode. This is John Rollins, Associate Director of Community Relations and Public Affairs at LU, where we're celebrating a century of leaders. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.